Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty, folks, I'm really excited to start this show today. I'm going to have my buddy come on here in a minute. And we're going to talk about, of all things, same thing we talked about, I think, the last two shows. And that's, um, we're going to talk about showers. We're going to talk about bathtubs. We're going to talk about wet areas and primarily waterproofing. And I know we've gone over this a million times on this show, but it's one of those failures that I'm seeing again and again and again and again and again. And I'm sorry, you guys that are out there doing this work. A lot of you aren't doing it right. So anyway, uh, we'll get James here to call in in a minute. And in the meantime, let me go ahead and give you the phone numbers if you want to call in and ask us a question. And that's 323-870-3968. Also, my email address is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. You want to go ahead and send a, uh, an email during the show or even after the show. We'll answer those calls a little bit later. As well as uh, my Stone Forensic Facebook page is also open, so uh, you can go ahead and send an instant message there. Okay, looks like we got James uh, on the line here. Let's go ahead and tag him in here and uh, see if we can get him to come in. Are you there, James? Uh, let's try this. Camera. How about, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, I am. How how are things out there in sunny Las Vegas? <laughs> Well, actually, I'm in Seattle right now. Oh, right. <laughs> I had to do a, you know, a little work trip, and and uh, so I'm taking a little time off to talk to you guys, and uh, I appreciate Great. you having me. Uh, no problem. Why don't we start out with an introduction of who the heck are you, <laughs> a little bit about your experience, so go ahead and fire away. <laughs> well, started out as a bucket and trial guy, like most of us do, and and uh, last 27 years. I've worked my way up through the industry uh, in multiple levels, actually a very unique um, past. And then we don't have enough time to go through everything, but uh, from the uh, being a contractor, working with a general contractor, doing multiple uh, residential to commercial work in Las Vegas, uh, then getting into the hospitality industry, working for a very large and um, well-known hospitality uh, group, for 11 years, uh, and that's when you and I met. Yep. When we we're doing the wind properties, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, I was take I was taking the forensics class, uh, and so you know I don't what was that 15 years ago, maybe 12 oh, years wow. ago or so. Uh, Make me feel we, old. I know time flies. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know we we actually you know been hitting it off and uh, helping students ever since, and it's been a, a really a, a great gift. Uh, the, your friendship has been a really great gift to me. And, in the industry and, and uh, we've, we've seen so much through time uh, and actually should help a lot of other people and understand what we see through the eyes of, on the commercial and hospitality. And um, as I, I, I worked for Wynn for many years, uh, left there, also worked for a building envelope manufacturer and then also crack and ice crack isolation waterproofing industry as well. And now I now work for uh, a company that's been around for 66 years, Protector Wrap. And uh, they're good people, uh, and and they actually have a very uh, phenomenal product line uh, that uh, if you ever get a chance to look into it, uh, that you'll you'll be very impressed. Uh, they 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 really 
from the building envelopes, uh, the air barriers, all the way into anti-fracture, crack isolation, uh, sound mitigation, and uh, heated pour. So they do a lot. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at now. Great. Well, you know, the feeling is mutual, James. You know that. I mean, over the years, uh, you know, you all know I do a show every uh, show, <laughs> a training seminar every year out, out there in Las Vegas. And uh, I guess it's I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah, it's a show. It is a show, isn't it? But uh, you come in every every year, which I thank you for. And uh, actually, you take us on the tour every year uh, during the seminar. We go on the yeah. tour and we get to see all the failures that exist in Vegas. And believe me, folks, there are lots of them out there. <laughs> And they still continue. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, continue the thing to about Vegas, the funny thing <laughs> about people that people don't realize about Vegas is uh, it seems to be the testing ground for a lot of products. Like they they, they seem to, and if it makes it in Vegas, then it, you know it's going to make it anywhere basically anywhere because it gets so abused. That's that's true. Well, you know the one one thing. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about. But one of the things I want to talk about, I remember a couple of years ago, you were in my class and you came in and uh, you were talking about something I believe was called a perm rate. And what was surprising mm-hmm. about that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to ask you to go into it here in a minute, is that, you know, when these guys are doing these showers and fountains and, and wet areas, they're, they're, really not, they're really not 100% waterproofing, are they? Um. No, and and, and here's right. the thing, and and and, and to, to to really get a, a good grip on it for everybody, uh, we I'm going to step away from the role as being a manufacturer. I want to talk as a French um, consultant right now, um, and we we do this by, and we we take away the veil of of all the sales and and hey drink my Kool Aid, uh, right. and we do it by numbers. <laughs> We, we we look we do it really by numbers and what the per what you were talking about the moisture uh, vapor rates and the transmission rates um, everybody anybody who's listening can look at um, the IBC in 2007 the International Building Code in 2007 came out with uh, these uh, pressure differentials and uh, moisture vapor transmission and and it basically broke down the scale uh, as classifications for permeation. So it starts out with 0.01 perms or less, and then the second one is uh, 0.01 and greater to 1.0 perms, and then what, the third line is 1.0 to 10. So just to get an idea, everything has a permeation rate, which means everything, uh, no matter what kind of a product is out there, they're going to have to be tested, and with that test, there is a permeation number. So I'm not going to mention names, but I'll say uh, there are some uh, well-known liquid membranes that are out there. They can range from 5 point or 4.0 perms wow. all the way clear up to 8.0, okay? So, uh, and then you have some uh, membranes made out of different things, chlorinated polyethylene, high-densely polyethylene, um, uh, butyl-based uh, uh, products. And some of those will range from 0.8 all the way to 0.01, so extremely low, considered impermeable, but there's the permeation rate. So you have like, so let's let's start it by knowing what the number is. So everybody can take the veil off and say, I know what the number or the permeation rate of this product is. Okay. Then you look at the scale, and the what the reason why the International Building Code um, went as far as to make this uh, uh, scale 
is to understand how much water is going to be left in a wall cavity. So with hospitality design, there's many showers, okay? And so uh, you and I were talking uh, some time ago about, you know, showers and shower failures. And right. it seems as though, like, when, you, when a person does a waterproofing and the guys who are doing the waterproofing, they never think about what's going to happen five years down the road, ten years down the road. They're hoping that probably the owner is going to change it out. Well, some right. hotels, they, they don't remodel that soon. And how wet is a shower? I want you to just think about that for a second. How wet? is a shower. So a, a person checks in before they check in, you had housekeeping come in and they're cleaning the shower. They douse it with water. They scrub it all down. It's wet, right? Person comes right. into the, checks into the room. Maybe they take a shower. It's wet again. Uh, they, they leave housekeeping, comes back through, they clean it again. The shower is constantly wet. So this is where the moisture vapor transmission rate is very important. So going back to what I was telling you about the cost of permeation, on that first scale, if it's 0.1 perms or less, and you can find this very, very simply, um, the highest perm classification going off of 0.1, you're left in a week's time. So a whole week uh, and a standard shower, let's say it's 100 square feet, and let's say I have 10 rooms, it's like 1,000 square feet. Uh, in 100 square feet, I'm going to have 3.84 ounces of water that will be put, put into a, a wall cavity. Okay, it doesn't seem like much. You multiply that by 1,000 square feet, it's 38.4 ounces. So that's at 0.1 perms. Okay, so keep that in mind, at 38.4 ounces. Right. Now, when you increase it to one perm, one perm, it's 38.4 ounces, not 3.8. Eight four ounces. Okay, so now it's it goes lot. to 384 ounces, which is three gallons of water on the wall. That's at one perm. Now I told you that certain certain uh, uh, liquid manufacturers they they had it tested, and it's tested at at a uh, at a rate of five, let's say five uh, 5.0. That's what you know I've seen some, and it, and it goes much higher. So if that's tested at that amount, if you do the math. You can just imagine uh, multiplying, you know, three gallons by five, and right. how much water is in a wall cavity, okay? And I want to give you an understanding of the issues that we had with that in a little bit. That's a lot of water. So that's, that's, that's a lot of water in a wall. Yeah. You know, and keep in mind, that's tested, or that is uh, the number that they've got, and, and that's when it's installed at the, the required thickness to get that test result. So if they say, you know, you have to have it 10 mils, uh, 10, uh, mils thick or 30 mils thick, that's how much perms are coming through that. Even if you install it to their manufacturer's recommendations, that's right. the perm rate they have. Okay, so and you and I know we've gone to, we've gone to job sites where you actually can see through these, some of these liquid membranes and you know that's not the adequate thickness and then you ask them, oh, did you use a mill gauge? And what do they say, Fred? What's a mill gauge? <laughs> what's, what's a mill gauge? Exactly. What's a mill gauge? Because <laughs> they don't know. So, they probably don't even own one. Exactly. Okay, so now the last portion of this scale goes to 10 perms. Now, at 10 perms, so we, we talked about the one perm being three gallons. Now, at 10 perms, that's like, let's say somebody puts, and we've seen it in the 90s where they just did green board, right? And oh, it was yeah. really hardly any, any protection. Okay. So 10 perms 
We'll give you a, a thousand square feet, 10 showers. That's 30 gallons of water in the wall cavity. Okay. That's amazing. So with amazing. the number, it's all, it, yeah, yeah. So th- that just kind of gives you guys an idea of what happens out there. Now I'm going to tell you a little to kind of explain how this um, moisture vapor transmission chart is an actual reality. Okay. Um, and in <laughs> <laughs> Fred will remember the story. We oh, on that one, huh? The, yeah, the Encore, Encore in Las Vegas. Yep, our, and yep. pre- previously, we did Win Las Vegas, okay? And Win Las Vegas, I helped uh, do the specification as well as the design for the showers there. And to date, and I knock on wood, there's no leaks. They've never had to redo a shower. That was open in 2006, okay? So it's over 10 years old, no leaks, no, no issues, no water in the nice. walls. Yay. Okay, so now you would think logically if something works in one building, you would do the exact same in the other. (laughs) Not always the case. (laughs) So sometimes, yeah, sometimes specifiers, sometimes architects, um, and sometimes contractors are um, limited to what they can do because somebody's kind of pushing them to do something else, okay? So I tried to do the same thing. I was not able to do the same thing. Uh, the uh, lead uh, uh, architect said, well, we're going to do, we're going to use a hundred percent liquid system because this company says that they can give us a good warranty. Okay. So <laughs> we go continue. We, we, uh, we go into this liquid system and I tell them the only way, and Fred knows this, the only way you guys are going to be able to do is if you put it in the exact thickness that is, is specified by the manufacturer. Okay. Right. So, one of the things is they, they go in and we have them every single shower pan. That was 3,000 showers. We told them to, uh, we wanted every shower to be, I use a mill gauge on it. We wanted to make sure it's adequate thickness. All these different factors had to come into play. Okay. So I'm doing due diligence as a quality control, quality assurance uh, project manager to make sure that we're going to have exactly what the owner wants. So then I get a call. And the call was that there was a shower leaking on the fifth floor. So now they're already, they're on fifth, uh, 10, and I heard the showers were leaking on five. How can that be? After we did water tests, we did flood tests, we did all these measures mm-hmm. to make sure that things were not leaking. And so I go up, and I'm on five. They were cleaning the showers on six, and there's water coming through the ceiling. I said, <laughs> no, what happened? So I go up to the six. I say, every stop, what you're doing? We continue up to see where the blood test is being done up on 10. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I see that the plugs, the dollar plugs were pulled out of the shower pans. And, but the shower pans were a gray color. Now, <laughs> yep, the waterproofing <laughs> membrane, if everybody knows, yeah, yeah. If you remember the, the, the yep. waterproofing membrane, is a black color. Now, when you see, when everybody can understand this, when it was a gray color, that means that it automatically told me they didn't give it the adequate time to cure, dry and cure, before they did the flood test. <laughs> so I walk up to a 11, or actually I walk down to 9 where they just pulled the dollar plugs again, and I see black footprints. <laughs> and there's a painter walking with a bucket, and there's black footprints. I took a picture of it, and I said, hey... Um, you got something on your shoe. And he tells me, and you know, 
and his colorful metaphor is, yeah, I get this crap on my shoes all the time. Uh, GC is rushing me to finish the can lights in there. So when I go in after they take the, the, the take the water out, I, I step in there and and I uh, and it gets it gets all over my shoes. So what happened was because they didn't let it cure or emulsify, he steps on it, and then it it it, uh, it basically um, uh, compromised the thickness that was required or needed, uh, and so that meant that then turned out to having ten floors retested. Showers torn out and redone because of that little oops mistake that this guy did. This was after it all got signed off. Well, and then thanks, thankfully, so, it was caught caught at that stage too. Yeah, it was caught at that stage. But then I want you to keep this also in mind, Fred, because I think I told you what happened. About eight years later, um, I get a phone well, that's call. That's right. Now I'm not with Win anymore, and I get a phone call, and the guys over at Win Las Vegas tell me, "Yeah, none of the showers are leaking." But guess what? Remember when you told us that these showers at Encore were going to leak? I said, yeah. He says, we're remodeling every single shower in the tower because there's so much water in the walls. So <laughs> even, even when it's installed at the exact thickness that it needed to be, even when everything is watched, you have to make sure that that permeation rate, whatever you're specifying, whatever you're doing, um, is it's, you, you you have to think about that end result. That's important because it, it could be, you can do everything you want, but unless it performs at the level you need to last the length that you want, it's going to fail. Yep. I remember that clearly, you know, and as you're talking about that, one thing that popped in my mind was, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, let's say the shower is all complete and everything. Now we're talking, you know, we're talking a regular shower. What about a steam shower? That's even worse. A steam shower is even worse because you yeah. have to make sure. Okay, here's some of the cheat things that we can teach you, and I'll give them one little clue. Um, everybody looks at uh, product data sheets or anybody that reads the side of the bucket. It's exhausting. Like you look at a side of a bucket, oh, my goodness, or you look at the side of a bag, or you look at you print out the three or four pages of product data sheets. Stop right there. I want you guys to all look first at the line that says limitations look at the limitations of the product and what it can and cannot do first then you know whether or not you should be using it in that application there are companies that make fantastic products and then you'll find out that there's guys in the field that are misusing it like every day we were uh i'll give you a case in point i worked for another uh waterproofing company and uh, they were using this liquid uh, um, uh, sealer for the joints of this membrane to seal around pipes in a steam unit. Mm-hmm. And clearly it says on the limitations, do not use a steam unit. So right. I came back and I said, hey, you guys can't use it here. And they go, well, it's still working. So like, it's, <laughs> it's, you have to uh, overcome con- what we used to call contractor competence. Like, um, so there, there's a lot of a watchdog and there's a lot of education has to happen, especially in the larger projects. Uh, there's a lot of uh, liability that can be um, at times very scary, but the, the liability is very serious and a hospitality just because one room fails does not mean you just take out one room. You have to take out the room below the room above and the rooms on, on either side. So it affects 
uh, five rooms instead of affecting just one. So the liability is much more. You know, and it's funny you should mention that because I, I see it. I see this all the time. We just had a case not too long ago where the the contractor was proud that he was using, and again, I won't mention any manufacturer's name, but this mm-hmm. premium thin set material. And uh, I asked him what he used, and he, oh yeah, we use such and such, and it's the best in the world. And I go, it is the best in the world, but if you look at the limitations, it says not to use. And mm-hmm. in this particular instance, it was a a resin back material. Uh, that uh, wow. and even even under the limitations, it said not to use on resin back material and recommended what to use. He didn't use it. So, your your point on when it comes to the the, the you know they, they just don't you know it could be a good product, but it's not good for that particular application. And you know today's day we have so many different materials we're dealing with, and you know there's there's a setting material or a waterproofing membrane or or whatever, just for that. So, you know, you're absolutely correct. Uh, it's, it's, it's just yeah, crazy. And, and, and if anything, but, but if anything, you know, the, every, if, you, if you have installers listening in, if we have any industry professionals, uh, what, what Fred is doing really is to help everybody to uh, not get, have culpability when it comes to some certain items, because if, the installer just reads the limitations and says, comes back to uh, the, the owner and the architect and says, listen, uh, the specifications call out for this, but what you're recommending will not be right for this uh, a particular application because of this. Um, you now are taking yourself away from having culpability because you've made them aware. And, right. uh, and that's very important because actually in the TCNA manual, there is a paragraph in there that says if you, being the professional in the industry, do not make the architect and the owner aware, then you are accepting responsibility for that installation. So you, we caution this of you guys so that you understand it um, for, for the fact that we don't want to see you get in, into uh, the blame game, if you will, uh, in, in, the big, in the big long run of, of things. And I'll, I'll add to that to say make sure you put it in writing. You know, whether it's an mm-hmm. electronic email or a memo or whatever, because then it becomes a record. So later on down the road, and I see this all the time in, in legal suits and lawsuits, et cetera, that uh, it comes up, well, you know, it's your word against mine. No, it's not. Here it is on such and such a date. I sent such and such an email or sent them a memo, and, and there you have your proof case closed. Yep. Yeah, we've you know, seen it all too often. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, you and I uh, the other day were talking about this one project I'm uh, I'm actually looking at, and I'm going to mention a manufacturer's name here because it's something I don't think should ever be used in a wet area, and that is, uh, hey, it's not public radio, it's internet radio, so what the hell, right? Right, right. <laughs> and that's a, this was a this was a three centimeter full slab shower. Uh, not it was a quartzite, you know, so it's a natural stone, and they used liquid nails mm-hmm. to install it. And, oh. and 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 again, they were proud to say it. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, we used the best liquid nails there was out there to install it. I, I actually called or, or sent an email to Liquid Nails, and they kind of skirted around it. But but they also said that you might want to look at. Well, they didn't say it exactly this way, but this is what it, I, I got out of it was basically you might want to look at some, another forms of attachment since it might not hold the weight of these this material. <laughs> It's 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 incredible, you know. And this was yeah. apparently uh, this was a guy that's been installing showers for years. 
And so, you know, you, yep. you kind of wonder sometimes, you know, you wish you had a time machine. Let me go back in time and see, you know, what the reasoning was for this, you know, and it's, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I, what's really difficult with what you're talking about, James, with the perm- permeation rates is that it's really difficult to tell after the fact. Yeah, and, too late. You know, you, it's too late. You know, you know, you have a leak. Or you know you have water behind there. Is it a result of improper installation? Is it a result of they didn't seal the corners properly? I mean, I've seen things where they didn't overlap the curb on the shower. I mean, just all kinds of issues, you know, can can occur. But, but so, those uh, issues, you know, when you're talking about those, those are installation issues. Like if if yes. they if there was gapping with you know within the the, the membrane, if there was uh, inadequate thickness on. Uh, on the um, liquid membrane that's put on the walls or the floors. Those are installation issues. So what I'm talking about really is the perm rate, when it is installed correctly, and right. it is, you're getting exactly the number that they had tested. So when an installer does not install it correctly, he, all they do is, is put that much more pressure on themselves or more culpability on themselves because one, they right. didn't install it correctly, and two, they're not even achieving the perm rate that the manufacturer had their product tested at. So right. it, it, it's so, it's so um, our, our industry, it's, it's really not that difficult to read the side of the box or see the side of the bag or side of the, side of the bucket. Um, but also, it just takes a second of time to write a short notation for some electronic copy to whoever these individuals are. Um, sometimes, and yes, it happens where um, they don't want to listen to you because they feel that they know more than you. It happens. That's, that's the industry that we, we're in. But also, if you're a true professional and an artisan in your trade, stick to your guns. Stick to your guns and, and let them know, listen, this is right and that's wrong. Um, I've had this, I've exactly. had many a case where I've explained, explained it to you, Fred, where I had to go in front of, uh, these architects and they wouldn't answer my question to my, the, my face. I would come up with a question and they would answer to one of their associates and not even look at, to, look at me in my face, yep. even though I'm right, even though I'm right. Yep. And so, you know, it's one of those things. I'm glad I stuck to my guns at that time because ultimately that's what contributed to when Las Vegas success in their showers, because they actually listened to the way I designed it and it worked, it, you know, it ultimately worked. So I'm very happy about that. That's it. Let me, let me stop you there for a second. Let me give out the phone number one more time sure. in case there's anybody out there listening that wants to call in with a question for you or for me. Although we do get a lot of people to listen to the show after the fact on the archives, which is, which is a mm-hmm. good thing as well. But uh, let me give you the number out uh, one more time. And that's three, two, three, eight, seven, zero, three, nine, six, eight. One more time, three, two, three, eight, seven, zero, three, nine, six, eight. Or if you want to go ahead and send me an email, it's F Houston. That's F H U E S. T-O-N at gmail.com or I'm on Facebook on Stone Forensics uh, Facebook page. You can go ahead and send me an instant message uh, there as well. All right, l- let's kind of switch gears a little bit because I know we, we could spend hours talking about all these uh, all these yeah. failures and whatever, <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell the, and, and you don't have to mention the project if you don't not want to, but the glass tile story. Oh, you know which one I'm talking uh, about? <laughs> the mosaic uh, glass tile? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Um, 
so this is the internet radio. So, okay. Yeah, you can mention it. It doesn't That's matter. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was shortly after opening uh, this multi-billion-dollar hospitality resort, um, the glass mosaics were popping off the floor. Okay. So I'm tasked to find out why exactly was these mosaics popping off the floor. Now, it's important to note anybody who understands or knows mosaics or glass mosaics, this is the best glass mosaic company in the world. The Seaches Glass makes the best glass. And so uh, we go into there, and um, I, I first pick up the pieces that have popped off, I put it under a microscope. There is no fracturing. There is no breakage of the glass. They're coming off clean off the floor. Okay. So then I took a piece, a section of the glass, and I went through a, matter, uh, a means of testing. And Fred has, has remembers this. You do a soak test <laughs> where you take a piece of the, uh, the mosaics and you put them in a cup. Okay. And it's on the, the mesh backing. And, um, and one of the first things I found out when I put it in the, in the cup was they were using a polyvinyl acetate glue um, to adhere the, uh, the glass to the back of it. What happened right. with uh, a length of soaking, about 8 to 10 hours, I noticed that the glue would re-emulsify and the, the, it would pop off, the glass would pop off. So that was one indicator that, hmm, there could be an issue there. So then I took it a little bit further. I did core samples in different parts of this buffet, and uh, on doing my core samples, I realized that there were two different substrates that were underneath this floor. So then it led me to more questions. And uh, so as I was going through it, I, I said, you know, the best thing to do, because this is having, happening nightly, is to stay there, stay the night, and put a chair in the middle of that buffet as, and see what the activities were after they closed down. So I did that. I sat in the corner and I watched uh, the public area department come through and they would clean, just put water all over the floor and mop and soak. And they went to lunch and come back. They suck it all up with this machine. And then a couple seconds went by and then I hear beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and there comes in a scissor lift. And I'm watching the guys from the engineering department change the lights above. Now I did I missed a second. I missed a little part of the story where the, 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 there was a pattern to um, uh, the glass popping off the floor. And, and, and it was just, it was going, it was everywhere, but it was, there was definitely a pattern. After I saw the scissor lift come through, guess what? Lo and behold, the pattern was the same width as the tires of <laughs> the scissor lifts that were coming through. So I knew that there, A, there was a compression problem. There was a bond problem, bonding problem. And so uh, I then took it to the next step, and I did uh, a recorded as well as photographed uh, destruction, destructive test on two, uh, three, three different areas. And as we took out the pieces, uh, we wrapped them up in, in uh, pl uh, plastic, I put tape over it, and X, dated it, signed it, and then we shipped all those samples off to the TCNA lab. As we did the recording, everything was going to go into legal documents, and that's the reason why we did that. Now, in some sections, we had underneath lightweight concrete. In other areas, we had dry pack. So, <clears throat> obviously, we, there was two dramatically different compressions on those areas, 
but on both areas, they were still failing. Now, afterward, the tests come back. We see that there was a lack of compression that was at, that was needed for the weight of those scissor lifts to go over it. So now you formulated, we formulated a, an entire um, chain of evidence there why those areas were failing. Um, we then had a meeting with a contractor. Now, we, if you guys remember what I just mentioned before about the waterproofing and the responsibilities of a professional to write to the, the owner and architect, um, the contractor was adamant that it was not his fault. He was rushed when he was doing the installation. Mm-hmm. We listened to him, and sometimes, and I think, Fred, you told us this in class, you listen twice as much as you speak, yep. and you take a lot of pictures because a picture is yep. worth a thousand words. Absolutely. So as I listened to him talk and he was going through the whole process, uh, I then asked him a simple question of, well, if you knew that there's, there was an issue here, did you make the architect, the owner, and everybody aware that there was an issue? And dead silence. So then I, sat, I handed out that TCNA paragraph to everybody, and I told him that it was his responsibility. In the end, it cost the contractor hundreds of thousands of dollars for the replacement of those areas. Because it, it, one, it was Thiech's class, two, he had to pay for the labor and material to, to change out uh, to the stone that was being put in as a replacement. Um, yep. And all it was, it was a simple thing as writing a letter that would have taken all of maybe 20 minutes um, to make everybody aware that the substrate and the, t- the project time schedule was not acceptable for that area. It's sad but it's the truth. Like when you, when you look at it uh, in hindsight, you can see how this can probably help individuals right now uh, as they deal with uh, similar situations. It happens all the time. I remember years ago I had an issue with a, uh, with a museum and they wanted to uh, make sure that the compressive strength of the marble that they were installing was going to be able to take the weight of these. What they were bringing in was these large stone carved elephants. I mean, full size, you know, elephant size, size sculpture, which weighed thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. And they were worried about the compressive strength of the marble they were putting down. And I said to him, I said, that, that's not what you should be worried about. You should be worrying about the substrate underneath <laughs> because exactly. I mean, this particular marble that was used was a white Carrera was like a 10,000 PSI compressive strength. And, you know, most concrete is what, two to 4,000, <laughs> You know, so it's, <laughs> yeah, so your, it's your, like, your insulation yeah. is only as strong as its substrate. Exactly. Yeah, it's so true. Exactly. The, the insulation is only as strong as, as the substrate. And, and a lot of people, uh, they, they forget that. Uh, when it came down to the mosaics, do you remember the mosaics that were used? It was a, a, a handmade mosaic that was used in, in Las Vegas. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I mm-hmm. took you through that. Okay, so give you guys all an, an understanding. There's these large mosaic floral patterns throughout um, when Las Vegas and one in particular started to fail uh, almost immediately after opening uh, where the entire uh, mosaic uh, just popped off the ground and it was in an area where there was heavy traffic. It was in an area um, that, that uh, had scissor lips go over it and we wanted to know why. 
uh, come to find out as we did the investigation why it was uh, failing the way it was, was because the installer they took it upon themselves because they were being rushed to use a speed set, a fast set, spin set. And they were setting, you can clearly see it when we were doing the destructive test that the thin set had already skinned off before they put the mosaic mm-hmm. down because it's t- time consuming. Uh, and they set the, t- the, the mosaic down on basically skinned over thin set. Yep. So it was never bonded. <laughs> it popped 100% of it just popped right off the floor, all because they said they were being rushed. And then who gets the, who gets, who gets the bill? They do. They yep. get the bill because they, they took it upon themselves to do that change. There's a lot of things that could be avoided. A lot of things that can be avoided. And that's that's such a common problem. And I see that excuse used all the time where we were being rushed. Well, you know what? You're going to pay in the end. Uh, it might 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 not be, you know, when the job is finished, but, you know, three months, six months, a year. And I've seen some, you know, even go further, uh, you know, out more than a year. And, uh, you know, it's always going to come back to, to the installation. Call somebody like yeah, you or I mean, me really, and we're, we're going to find it's, out, it's, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what's yeah. crazy about it is, like, you, they always say, well, I, I couldn't afford to do it right the first time, but they always seem to afford to do it right the second time. Yeah, exactly. Isn't, isn't that the crazy part? And it's like, yep. <laughs> you can avoid so much grief, so much problems. But um, unfortunately, you know, this is the world we live in. It's rush, 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 hurry up. Uh, hurry up so we can do it again, you know. And uh, hey, it keeps it, it keeps me busy, and I'm sure it keeps you busy as well. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing. You know, you kind of wish they would put us out of business, but guess what? That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. We, That's you know, not going to happen. Uh, do you know yeah. one of the, the one of the failures that I had taken you uh, you guys across multiple times was the the facade failure? Do you remember that? Yes, yes, I do. Yep. With the with the honey. Okay, well. I, I drove by it as early or as late as last week, and now it's gone up. The travertine's gone all the way up the building. You can actually see it. Now, oh, wow. the reason why is because now we're reaching triple, dig- tri- triple digits in Las Vegas. And so the um, it, just to explain to everybody so we're not talking and you don't understand, this is a veneered stone. This is a veneered piece of stone, uh, very thin, on a solid sheet of aluminum, honeycomb aluminum in the middle and then a solid sheet on the backside. Now the theory behind it all is, Oh, I have a solid sheet of aluminum. It's stronger. But um, in the class when we're teaching it and we're walking past uh, these failures, we explain that uh, and it's very simple stone expands and contracts at a different rate than the aluminum. Yep. And so when you put a solid sheet of aluminum behind stone, and then you have temperatures that reach 120 degrees out, like Las Vegas. Um, it, it delaminates the stone. It bends the stone. Uh, it, it has many things that happen to that stone that you don't want to happen. And so now when you look at it, uh, it's, the installation is it's really sad. It looks really bad now. Uh, the whole facade is curling and going crazy. And they probably won't do anything until a panel falls off. <laughs> Uh, they better hope to do something before a panel falls off, especially in Las yep. Vegas, as many people that go exactly. through there, because that, that's, that's a huge lawsuit. Yeah, but you wonder, I mean, they got to know that that's an issue, but sometimes I scratch my head going, yeah, I can't believe they're not doing anything about this, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. But, but Again, Fred, 
if they if they admit legally, if they admit that there's an issue, you have to fix. They're liable. It. Yep. They're liable, right? So yep. if they go, if they don't say anything, you know, and they go, oh, we didn't know it was an issue. They have. I mean, it's sad, but that's that. You know, you and I know that we've seen it so many times over and over again. But that's what it comes down to. They they don't want to accept responsibility for that. Are you kidding? That's a lot. I I had a I had a a funny call today, or not a funny call, but an interesting call today that that I'll I'll share with you and everybody else here that that was kind of interesting and that comes into the politics sometimes of of these things that we're kind of talking about. And um, actually, I'm coming out there July 10th for a couple of days uh, to do an inspection okay. on, a, on a floor in one of the casinos for a slip fall. Someone slipped, fell, and this happens to be a casino that someone slipped and fell on, I'll tell you, off the air, many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. And the attorney called me because he wanted to know, you know, what I could do for them, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this is what he told me. He said, we have to be careful in Las Vegas when it comes to suing casinos. He said, because they bring in so much money to the economy that local judges are hard-pressed to rule against them. So that's the political side of it. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. But it's like, really yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, they say Vegas yes. is the, what is it, how do they call it, the largest little city in the world? <laughs> no, that, that's Reno. But, well, that's, uh, no, I know Las Reno's Vegas, called that, but... <laughs> that, nobody... Nobody gets. I told you this before. Nobody gets yeah. injured on the strip in Las Vegas. Nobody gets injured at a hotel. Nobody dies at a hotel. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's always in route to the hospital. It's always in route yeah. to the hospital. Never at the hotel. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> It's crazy, but you know you got to deal with the political side of it as well. So I mean that's an unfortunate yeah. part, but but luckily for what we do as as inspectors anyway is, and even as contractors per se, if we do everything by the book, so to speak, you know we we can cover ourselves. And if we if we back that up with you know the proper data, you know it's you know God we could get into another hour of this, but uh, you know another thing that surprises me when I go in and I look at a project. Show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go into a project and, you know, where's the specifications? You know, where, how did they spec this stuff? Well, there wasn't any. We just hired a title contractor. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so there's, there's no yeah. record of it. Yeah. You know, and it's, yep. it's crazy. You know, it's absolutely, cra- absolutely yep. crazy. Well, James, I, I'm, like I said, I know we could spend another couple hours easily. Um, I'll be out there on the 10th. If you're around, let's do lunch or something like that. But uh, I want to thank you for your time. Absolutely. And I, th- I think we gave. Right, thank you for our, having me. Oh, no problem. I think we gave our guys out there some really, really good information. And uh, uh, thanks again, James. And uh, we'll be talking. Always a pleasure. Talk to you. All right. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. Bye. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap things up right now. The phone number, uh, or actually, let me give you a sense. I'm going to wrap things up. My email address, if you have any follow-up or, or questions, and that is um, the email is fhuston at gmail.com. That's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. The uh, website is uh, stoneforensics.com. And, the, of course, we've got Facebook. Uh, go to Stone Forensics on Facebook. I do have a forum there, uh, which is a stone and, stone and st- tile inspection forum uh, that I, I put a little, you know, Failure Friday on there every Friday showing you a different failure. So if you want to join that, you have to ask me to join it. And there's a little button there that will say, you know, ask me to join or join or something of that nature. So uh, we will see everybody again next week. We'll have another interview on tap. Uh, I'll post that. 
that on the on the website and on Facebook as well once I get that wrapped up. So until next week, everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you all again.